Hello, Happy New Year, and welcome back for episode 7 of Nostalgia Decoms Today. My name is Trevor Dion, and with me as always is my brother Kyle. Hello. Our first episode of the new year is all about Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century, which seems appropriate, not only because it's the beginning of a new year, but also because we're just a mere two weeks away from this film's 21st anniversary. How about that? I did not know that. Before we get to talking all about this film, though, here's my quick synopsis for Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century. Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century, follows the titular character of Xenon, played by Kristen Storms, a rebellious teen living in a space station orbiting Earth. After breaking one too many rules, and correctly, although no one believes her, accusing the space station's owner, Parker Wyndham, played by Frederick Coffin, of tampering with his company's own station, Xenon is grounded, literally, by being sent to live with her Aunt Judy, played by Holly Fulger, on Earth. So it's up to Xenon to figure out what Mr. Wyndham did to the space station and get back up there to fix it to save her family and friends before it's too late. There we go. So, Kyle, what did you think of Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century? Overall, the movie was actually better than I would have, better than I thought, you know? At first, I thought maybe it was going to be more of the female persuasion, for the female persuasion, as in it's for the girls only, basically. Mm -hmm. But it didn't turn out as I thought. I did have one major problem, though, mm -hmm. and it was the dialogue, like the slang and whatnot, the children throughout the entire movie... And then it's like the space people uh -huh. had one set of slang. Right. And then the earthling, the Terrans, the uh -huh. earthlings, whatever you want to call them, the people who lived on Earth, had a different set of slang. And none of the slang was the slang that we, I mean, that it is in the future, but the, oh, and one more thing, the cars. Uh-huh. So the most sophisticated car is a slug bug or... Yeah, a, a beetle bug. A beetle yeah. car, you yeah. know? Yeah? So is that the fu most futuristic car now? I, I guess. That's that's the way they're making it look like. Uh, but that's that's all I... That was... That's the only problem I had. Hmm. Mm, but overall, the movie was great. I think it was better than I remember. Mm hmm That's my thoughts on that. See... I think my thoughts on it are a slightly more negative, mostly because, so I'm, I'm with you a little bit on the slang, because mm -hmm. what I found really funny about it is you have, like I said, the people on the the station, they have their, what it, like, if something's Space bad, slang, which is... like, if something's bad, they'll be like, overreaction major or minor for like, if the it's stars. good, well, well, they're saying it to to say if it's a big problem or a mm -hmm. small problem. So they'll, they'll be like, oh, what's an example? I should have written something like this down. But it was something to, along the lines of problem major, problem minor. And that's how they'll describe their mm -hmm. problems. And then whenever Xenon ends up getting grounded 
on Earth, the guy that she has an interest in, Greg, he says something along the lines of, that's so macro. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like, well, you're macro, thinking that he's being mean to her. And he's like, mm-hmm. no, macro's good. Micro's bad. And it's like, for Xenon, she should have probably known that, mostly because she's a scientist and that's kind of like scientificish mm-hmm. slang. But whatever, it's fine. It, it would get confusing, though, at some points because they'd be like talking and they'd just throw out random majors and minors here and there. And it's mm-hmm. like... Even have... the adults were do- along with it. They were just like... Major this, minor this. Yeah. And then, I don't know what the other other slang words were, but there were a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I can, like I said, I can agree with you on slang a little bit. The other, like, the main problem that I really had mm-hmm. was with the parents. Because this, that seems to be, like, a, a continuing, ongoing, ongoing thing with mm-hmm. the, the Disney stuff. Where it's the it's the parents' fault for everything that happens. Well, I'd say it's uh, Xenon's fault as well. She shouldn't have snuck into a restricted area as well. Oh no, no, no. With this, I'm not necessarily not necessarily oh, okay. saying it's the parents' fault that any of the problems happen. Oh, because okay. right. Because I mean, it's not even Xenon's fault that this stuff happened either. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's it's the bad guy's fault. The the owner of the space station. Mm-hmm. It's his fault that it all happens, but. I had a problem with the parents not believing her. So whenever Xenon realizes what's actually happening happening, and she's trying to explain to her parents what's going on, that she knows how to fix it, the parents are like, oh, you don't know what's going on. It's fine. It's whatever. And she actually tells them that they're having problems. And... Yeah, exactly. She says how many like life systems are like going offline or, or she says something and along those lines. And then talking about how, is this on the news somewhere? Yeah. And then, so after the parents get off, the call with her they're walking down the the hallways and they're like how did xenon know about the life system shutting down is there a leak in there there they is someone casting news about this and it's like okay your daughter obviously knows things that are going on so listen to what she has to say that way y'all can fix the problem a little bit more you know mm-hmm. and so i had that problem i was just like getting irritated because xenon would be like listen to me and they're like you don't know what you're talking about shut up and it's like Listen to her. She's clearly telling you things that she wouldn't know if she didn't know what she was talking about. Mm-hmm. So I had that big problem. Uh, now, even though I had those problems, there was a lot of stuff that I remember li- that I liked about it mm-hmm. that I kind of forgot about. Like the zoom, zoom, zoom. Make your heart go boom, boom. That That's, that's a catchy song. I, I really enjoyed singing along to that again. And... I do like a few of their little phrases and and quotes that they say. Like Xenon, whenever she's like, uh, whenever she's, I guess, aggravated or instead of saying a curse word, her like go-to phrase is Zetus Lapidus. Oh, yeah. Like I completely forgot about that word and I want to just start using it now in all my daily context. Whenever something like bad or uh, wrong that doesn't go my way happens, I just want to be like Zetus Lapidus. Yeah, but then no one's going to know what you're talking about. What did you say? Fine with me. I'll just be saying it. I'm cool with that. Oh, and then, of course, once again, the thing that every Disney Channel original movie has to have is the son or daughter going, I'm 13. I can take care of myself. Yeah, but it is the future. So I think the more futuristic you get, 
the more how the younger the younger you are, the more adult apparently you're going to be. As well, <laughs> one little thing. So the worst punishment she could have gotten for getting in trouble was going to Earth. I mean, they really bad talked bad talked Earth. You know, they were real over Earth. Well, when you take into consideration that the everyone on the space station has pretty much lived there, like at least for the children, yeah. their entire lives, and they've only had artificially grown food that they can make whenever they want, kind of thing, and they have a controlled environment that they don't have to worry about weather. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. We're going to Earth is a bit of a punishment. Yeah, but I mean, it's Earth. It's your, the home world, you know. And I, I think it would be less of a punishment if they, let's say like half of their life, like until they were like 10, they were on Earth. And then for the rest of the time they were on the space station, I think it would be less of a having to go back and forth maybe. So the would th- it also be less of a punishment if it was like Titan AE or whatever? You know what I'm talking about? The uh, the anime mm-hmm. where Earth is destroyed and they need a home world and whatnot? Would you think still be a punishment to go to Earth after that? Well, in that case, it's people that lived on Earth that would miss Earth. So they, they'd, uh-huh. of course, want to go back to Earth, or they would wish that they could have Earth again. So I think it's a different case in that situation. Okay. What I did find funny was they're on a space, they're on a space station, mm-hmm. and it clearly has artificial gravity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I found it really funny how she gets back when to Earth. She, she gets back to Earth, and she's like, the gravity sucks she for her. She sneezes and falls down the stairs. It's like... Thank you, gravity. But like she, she clearly has gravity on the space station, so I don't but see like what it's the... not as strong as it is on Earth because uh, the character that Raven plays mm-hmm. is like, oh, and on Earth you put on what thirty pounds, thirteen pounds. And I mean, I guess that could be true, but at the same time, I feel like the adults who are from Earth who recognize Earth's gravity, I feel like. They, they like, if the gravity wasn't the same on the space station, it would affect them. Mm. So I don't see why it wouldn't be the same for both the space station as, as it is on Earth. Because otherwise, all the parents would be, like, flying through the space station if it was, like, 13 pounds lighter kind of thing. I mean, I could be wrong. I'm I mean, not a scientist, so. There, well, I don't know how long they've been up there. I know the space station was running for 27 years or something like that. Some, yeah, th- that's what the commander says, that it's, like, 27 years know, old or something. I don't forget how long... She says she was up there since kindergarten. Since fifth, when she was five. Yeah. So she's been up there eight years or so. About yeah. So her parents would have been there uh, up there eight years, so they could have gotten used to different gravity. And that's possible too. Like I said, I'm not a scientist, so I don't I don't necessarily know these things. I wonder how fast that ship is because they said they've been around the whole galaxy. When the when she was getting grounded, the parents were like, "You've been around the entire galaxy, but you've never been." Or was it the parents? I forget who it was. It was it the parents. It might. I think it was the parents. And I'm curious as to whether they meant that literally, literally or, or figuratively, because has the ship actually gone throughout the entire galaxy? Because my understanding of it was, it just kind of or- orbited Earth, mm-hmm. and they just did their experiments while it orbited Earth. So I don't know if they actually like. Meant it, or they were just saying. That'd be interesting to. Because, I was almost taking it as like, Xenon is a girl who's you know been in outer space mm-hmm. and she's seen things that most people on Earth haven't seen. Right. Like, as an example, whenever she does her little spacewalk to like see 
the colors or the dust or whatever's going mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Most people on Earth won't see that. So it's essentially her seeing the galaxy. But would that be, well, that little dust thing would be t- like us seeing the Aurora Borealis, right? And that's possibi- That's a very good possibility. I have a problem with the dad in that situation. He was I- trying not to laugh the entire time. He was just smirking. And I guess we know who's the boss in that family, too. It's the mom. It's, it's the for mom. sure the mom. Mm-hmm. He, I, I definitely had a problem with the, I don't know if it was the dad's acting or the character in general. I definitely had problems with him because he was, he was more of a goofy kind of dad. Mm-hmm. Or goofy probably isn't the, the correct term. But he, it was just like whenever Xenon goes and sees the dust and whatnot, and then the mom's confronting her and very angry that Xenon did this. The dad's like, oh, but the colors were so cool. And he's like trying to be like that cool mm-hmm. hip dad. And I'll, yep. I was just like, I don't like this. This oh. isn't working. And the boyfriend, that I, I, not really the boyfriend, but the girl boy, when Xenon gets to the uh, fast food place mm-hmm. and they meet their eye, his look is so creepy. I mean, even like just looking at her, it's creepy. And then at the pool, it's creepy again. He's just staring at her. I'll say... That his look towards her is less creepy than Anakin looking at Padme in Episode 2, Attack of the Clones yes, in Star Wars. I, I, yeah. Because the look that Anakin gives Padme in Star Wars Episode 2, that's a creep look. The The look that Greg gives to Xenon whenever she's on Earth, it's not that bad. I, he does. Bad, he does stare at her, and so that could be... Ins- but at the same time, he's 13, so it's okay. It's fine. And they're both the same age. It trust me, like I was okay. I was okay with the way Greg was looking. Well, it was creepy, a little bit. But like I said, I was still okay with his look more than Anakin's look. Like there's there's two different levels of creep, and he was on the safe side of it. Okay, it, it was fine. <laughs> and then of course, I don't understand why. What was her name? Mar Margie, I think. I don't understand why she was. Other than the fact that she clearly likes Greg as well. Mm-hmm. And so she was jealous that he he was giving all of his attention to Xenon. But other than that, she's like, look at this weirdo. Why is she dressed like that? And it's it's like you, you she doesn't... She doesn't know that people come from space. Does anybody else come from the space station down on Earth? Because right. it's like no one knew that she was from space. Yeah, exactly. And then I do like how she's all... Going up to Xenon and saying, "Oh, look at your outfit!" And then Xenon throws it right back at her. Yeah, because the because Margie's like, uh, "Are you doing this or whatever?" And she's like, "Or are you like getting ready for Halloween?" And Xenon's like, "Yeah, that's what it is. I'm getting ready for Halloween. Just give me the mask that you're wearing, and I'll be ready to have the scariest costumes." Like, ooh, got her. There, there's there's some really good lines in it. Uh, even though the dialogue. Isn't the best most of the way through. And then the one thing I hadn't remembered. So I remembered most of this movie. Mm-hmm. Like I remember that Xenon enters the contest to be with the boy band. What was the boy band's name? It was uh, Microbe. Microbe, yeah. Yep. And she gets to dance with Protozoa. And I also remember her needing to save the space station because she got kicked mm-hmm. off and she had to get back on. But I couldn't remember... Why the space station was in danger to begin with, and I couldn't remember who exactly did it. Oh, okay. And so whenever I was watching, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. 
it's the guy who owns it and then his like his lackey if you will and i was like but why are they destroying their space station and so i was just like waiting for like an answer i'm like why are they doing it is it for insurance and sure enough it was because of insurance from what i could gather from what they said it was from insurance that was never actually stated fully by the by the bad guys right but it was given out to us in hints because they were going bankrupt. Right. So they didn't money. So they destroyed their own space station. It's like, why not? And then let me ask you this. So from what I understand, they wanted Pro- Protozoa and Microbe to be on the space, sh- space station when it went down. Because according to Mr. Lutz, the lackey, it was a brilliant idea because then... There would be less fingers looking at it being like some some kind of like outside source that brought them down. And that Mr. Lutz and Parker Wyndham, the guy who owns the space station, wouldn't be looked at as much. So were they going to be like Protozoa and Microbe get to the space station and they party too hard and they brought it down? Like like their band and their their music caused an outage on the space station or something? I don't, maybe not that. Maybe just like why would he do it when his band went up there? Because doesn't he own Microbe? I don't think so. Maybe it's because I mean, he actually set up the contest, right? He set up the contest. And maybe he's like sending them. That way it's not like he did it. So he did the contest. So he did it, right? I mean, his position would fall away from him because he did the contest. I mean, I th- I thought he just owned the space station, and it, the only reason that Microbe was going up there in the first place was to be the first band to play in space. Well, I know he, I I believe he did set up the contest. Okay, so I think that's why he sent Microbe there to be like, well, I set up the contest. Why would I send them up there, and and not knew the space station blow up. I guess that makes sense. I just, I feel like if you have this popular band that everyone loves that dies on your space station, it's going to get more eyes on it to be like, why did this happen? Like, it wouldn't just go away just like that. But. (laughs) Well, obviously they're not that smart. I mean, just look at the, just look at the lackey. Oh, yeah. He tries to pocket the disc and it falls on the ground. Okay. First of all, if I go to put something in my, like, my, my pocket on my chest and it doesn't go in, I kind of notice it. And then it hits the ground, a metal ground on and a space station. And it makes station. a noise. And it makes a noise. And this guy does not hear it. I'm sorry, but once again, if I'm putting something in my like chest pocket and it doesn't go in and it hits the ground instead, I notice that. I mean, you can feel it go drop on your pocket. I exactly. Mean... So, yeah, the la- the lackey, Mr. Lutz, he's, he's definitely not the best. He's, and what uh... was with the boss, with his eye thing? So from from what Xenon gathered, because this came into her like detective context clues kind of thing. Mm-hmm. She, according to Xenon, the reason Parker Wyndham would like blink his eyes is because it showed him lying. Because whenever well, I know that, but how does he know everything? Like because he was talking to the one kid, and the one kid was all into a movie, and he knew everything about that movie, mm-hmm. and then the parents. He's like, well, my parent, my father doesn't know nothing about this, but he got it right away. Is he studying this, or does does he have like some sort of 
technology in his eyes that... I definitely don't think it's the technology in the eyes. I think he just, he learns enough of what he needs to know to get by, to be like, oh yeah, I'm interested in all this. I like all this. Okay. Because whenever he's talking to Xenon and brings up that he likes Microbe and everything, that's when he, like, bl- he blinks his eyes and Xenon notices it. Now, how she knows that that's him lying, I don't necessarily know. Besides the fact that he mis says microbe and calls it like microscope Mm -hmm. so but like how does that make her go oh every time he blinks that's him lying i have no idea even before they got to earth because the earth you see him lying again yeah and i mean if that was the first time she ever talked to him and she caught she's like lying right and like i said the only thing i can think of is the fact that he says microscope instead of microbe and she puts two and two together which that's that's pretty fast, and that shows just, I guess, how smart she is. Oh, and all the children are, like, incredibly smart. Mm-hmm. The people on Earth, too. I mean, I would say the space people, even because their parents are all scientists, oh, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the children on Earth, they're hacking security systems for government, right? Yeah. And the, and the other kid, I don't remember his name, the friend who actually figured out the bug. Andrew? He, Yes, Andrew. He figured out how to make her, what is it? Her, her like, cell phone. It's not a cell phone, but... It's like a FaceTime kind of thing. Right. Figures out how to restart it so she can talk to her friends on the space station. Yeah. Genius, I mean... And then it gets really funny because whenever we're seeing the schooling that Xenon's going through and she Mm -hmm. all the mistakes that she's making and whatnot, uh, she's in the, the science lab. And she's like, it needs to be hotter. It needs to be hotter. And then the glass that they're heating up breaks. She was like, talking to the teacher. She's like, I did exactly what you told me to do. I heated it up to 215 degrees Celsius. And the teacher's like, uh, we're still using Fahrenheit down here. Um, just saying, it's 2041, right? 49. 2049. 49. Okay. Yeah. I would think by then, everyone would be on the same page. You, you would think. And I guess it was a bit of a dig, maybe, at... I don't know if it was like, cause so in the U S we tend to use Fahrenheit. Mm. It's the, it's the U S metric system. Right. And in, uh, everywhere else, everyone else, they, they use like Celsius. They, they use Kelvin. Well, scientists in general, they will use Kelvin. Kelvin. Okay. Just because it's, it's the more accurate thing. Uh, Xenon be actually be using Kelvin instead of Celsius up there because they're, their parents are scientists. Technically, if, if, once again, if they're being very scientific, it would be Kelvin. But like I said, most most other nations they tend to use the the Celsius, Celsius and they'll use meters and stuff like that instead mm-hmm. of yards and whatnot to do their measurements. And so, I think that's what they're using on the space station, just because like that's what everyone will use most of the time is that type of measurement system. So I think that's what she was doing, rather than being a scientific thing. I guess she just figured, oh, everyone uses Celsius. As their temperature and the you know that type of uh, meters and stuff like that for their measurements, and I just found it funny because I don't know whether I found it more funny that she didn't understand that the teacher said two fifteen Fahrenheit because you would think the teacher would have said two hundred fifty degrees Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit. Yeah, but then maybe she didn't. Maybe she said just two hundred fifteen degrees, which I guess is also kind of. And accurate. then she technically did it right because the teachers didn't tell her Fahrenheit or Celsius. Correct. But yeah, I, I did find that funny because 
it I don't know whether I found it more of a dig at the US for being a a system that doesn't use like Celsius mm -hmm. and like the more common the one lone that wolf of the bunch because yeah. everybody else Celsius and we just do our own thing we're staying Fahrenheit exactly so yeah I thought that was a little funny <laughs> and then I also found that it wrapped up a little too conveniently at the end because Literally, up until the point where Xenon finally fixes everything, no one believes her. She's like, no, listen to me. Listen to me. I know what's going on. You gotta listen to me. You gotta listen to me. And everyone's like, no, no, no. We're not gonna listen to you. Like, she goes up to Commander Plank, and she's like, look, it's these guys. They're doing all this. They're making all this trouble, da, da, da. And she's telling him, like, what's going on. And he still doesn't believe her and has her taken to his office to be locked away while he goes and helps Wyndham and Mr. Lutz get back onto their spaceship. And well, then, I don't think he helped them at all. They just escaped from well, the office. Well, what was, happened was, was they, they told him that they needed their spaceship to be refueled because they needed to get back to Earth immediately. Mm -hmm. Just because they had an important business meeting to go to, even though it was them trying to get off the space station before it blew up. So how did Xenon get that bug in the spaceship? It, it, because she's like, don't worry about them. I already took care of it. I'm I'm assuming she did it right before she got off, maybe, but I don't know exactly at what point that would happen. But and then but like I said, she's still being misbelieved that not believed that, you know, this is all going on because of Wyndham. And then you see the parents and the commander and his, I guess, second in command all in the, the memory bank trying to figure out what the problem is. And then Xenon hurries up and rushes in. She's like, I have the cure, I can fix it. And they're like, No, 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 no. And she's like Trust me, I got this. And then pushes in the thing or whatever, and she's like typing yeah, it up. So if they wouldn't believe her, they would have probably just pushed her out and said no, and then everybody would have gone. Exactly. But then it's like, so she does that whole thing, and then the and then the commander's like, so what is going on? Like, what is the story behind this? And Xenon's like, everything that I was saying is a hundred percent true. It was Wyndham who did it, and this, that, and the other, blah, 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 blah. And then she fixes it. But and then whenever Wyndham and them come in. The commander's like, take those two away. They need to be arrested or whatever. But it's like, okay, up until this point, you thought it was Xenon who was doing all this. So what? why wouldn't you just think that she knew what she did and she was fixing what she did? But no, instead they go and believe that, oh, she just fixed whatever Wyndham did. I will have to say this. It didn't really get going until Xenon hit Earth. Because yeah. it was kind of slow of going, you know? Mm -hmm. And most of the movie took place in space, right? Right. And then once it hit Earth, it went, hurried up. It definitely, it was definitely funner once she got to Earth because it became a kind of fish out of water mm -hmm. kind of story. Kind of like how, you know, with Wonder Woman, who's on Themyscira for most of her life, and then she gets brought to the the Americas and everything with Steve Trevor and whatnot, and it's a fish out of water because she's not used to seeing what this is like. And that's what it was with Xenon. So you see her in space and everything, and it was cool to see what they were doing with mm -hmm. their technology at the time and how they showed them being in space and whatnot. But it wasn't a fun ride until, like you said, we got to Earth. And then we got the fish out of water stuff. And I will say... I enjoyed her reaction to horses. Oh yes, <laughs> that was a, that was pretty funny. That was that was really because 
obviously they don't have horses in space. Right. And so at first she's like, no, like, cause Greg invites her to go see the horses and she's like, no, I, I have other things to do. And she's like, wait, real horses? And he <laughs> brings her to show it to her, brings her to show them to her and they get there and she's like, oh, is, is it gonna... Stay in the box. She's like, you're not. Af-. He's like, you're not afraid of horses, are you? And she's like, no, no of course but, not. But it's gonna stay in the box, right? <laughs> and then they did a, a. So, if this was like a more adult movie, like I don't know what Xenon is rated. Mm-hmm. It's probably like TVG, and if it was in theaters, it probably would have been like PG at most. But if this was like a kind of hard PG thirteen, almost going on R or whatever. And they wanted this to be like a romantic comedy between. They could have done it between like eighteen slash twenty four year olds, like an an age group of that with a guy and a girl. They did a good job of setting up a very romantic scene with the horse brushing, because I've never seen a more kind of romantic, sexualized in a good way. Because mm-hmm. whenever you say sexualized, people take it in the wrong way, but. Mm-hmm. A, a romantic sexualized way of brushing a horse because it was how a many very... of these characters come back for the second and third one do you know does the Greg character come back it's been a long time since I've seen the other ones but I don't think Greg does if I remember correctly I think the sequel kind of starts out with I think the sequel is all about how the main guy of Micro right is uh Quitting or not, so Zuna has to go and bring him back. Yeah, there's that. It, it it's been a while. We'll get to those eventually. Right. But I think the Margie and Xenon, they're not necessarily best friends, but they talk more than because they're they're complete enemies for the most part in this one, and they end up I think talking more in the second one to I mean, each other. They become friends. Yeah, and in the process of talking to each other. Uh, I think Margie tells Xenon that like Greg moved on or something like that. Or you find out in their conversations that he no longer is with her. Okay. But I think for the most part, everyone comes back for the sequels. Even the friend Andrew and whatnot? Even the other well, friend? Well, not, not like, I think of the Earth friends, it's just Margie. I okay. think who comes okay. back. So all the space friends? I think. Once again, it's been a Even while. The side space friends, the two guys that didn't fit in with the girl group. Once again, I think it's been a long time okay. since I've seen it, but well, I we'll, think. I guess we'll get to that when we get to that. Yeah, I know for sure. Like Commander Plank comes back well, and Aunt Judy come back. I know for sure those I don't know two. If the, I, Raven, I think comes back. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Raven comes back. At least for the sequel. I'm not sure about Z. I don't know. It's like you said. Been, it's been a while. But yeah, so there's all that, and then. Do you want to know some trivia? Some sure, very interesting go, hit trivia. Me with them. So first of all, did you know this is based on like a series of children's books? I do not. So once again, whenever you're a kid watching these, the one thing that you don't pay attention to is the credits. So as an adult, you tend to pay more attention to the credits. Not me. Oh. Well, I did. And so one of the things that I saw was based on the book by, I think her name's like Matt, Marilyn something. I can't remember mm-hmm. her name, but I saw based on the book. What? So I went and looked it up, and sure enough, children's books, illustrated stuff. Wow. So I kind of want to check out one or two of them just to see what they involve. Mm-hmm. Like, are they are they more of, like, like really, like, children's books, or do they, do they involve more adult themes? 
Like, does any of them have the plot of this movie? Oh, okay. With, you know, the the space station owner trying to bring down a space station for insurance money. Or, like I said, just kid stuff. And here is a bit of trivia that I don't think you're ready for. So, Greg, right? Mm-hmm. Did he look familiar at all? Yes, he did. Okay. I, I know I've seen him from... Somewhere. You've probably seen him from Small Soldiers. Because he's the main character in that. Okay. But that's not what's going to be the most interesting to you. Here's what I learned, and I had no idea about this. He's directed a few things. What? Do you want to know what he's directed? What? He has directed a number of the CW Arrowverse, Arrowverse shows. No way. Most specifically, crossovers. <laughs> no like, way. He has directed Invasion for like you know Legend, uh-huh, the Legends yeah. part of it. He directed Invasion mm-hmm. for Legends. He directed Earth X part of legends the earth x crossover does he only do the legends because no he's legends. he's done like he he's at least directed one episode for each of the cw shows except okay. for batwoman he hasn't done that one yet but that's also new so it makes sense he'll probably get to that though. but he, he did one episode of supergirl uh-huh. he's done i think i saw like three or four episodes of flash he's done a number of episodes for arrow and even more like the one he's done, directed most for legends? is legends and like i said he's it's mainly been with the crossover so he's he's worked with all of the cw characters and he's going to be directing episode five of Crisis. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. And like, I saw that and I was like, he does what? Oh my God. Do so, you have any trivia on the mother of uh, Xenon? Because I, I, I know her voice from somewhere. Well, the only thing that I saw her from that I think any, for me that I would recognize her from was Star Trek The Next Generation. And I don't I, think I you would. Her, I know her voice from somewhere else. Like it's it's cartoon or anime or something. Like and that. that's very possible too, because I just I was looking for stuff that I would probably know her from, and I just okay. that was the only thing that I would really know her from. And she played, I don't even know how you'd say the name, Beitor B apostrophe E T O R. Yeah, I don't know. So it's either Beitor or Beitor. It's her, probably a robot. Probably, uh, but she played that in Next Generation. And in Star Trek Generations, the movie, mm. and in Star Trek, I think, Deep Space Nine. But then, coincidentally, I saw that she was in Star Trek Voyager, and she played a completely different character. Oh, okay. Which doesn't tend to usually happen if you get, like, speaking roles in, like, a series. Because it, it kind of affects, like, the, the timeline. Unless the person that she plays in Voyager is, like, a descendant of the character she plays in the other movies. I don't know. But, so yeah, there's that. And then... Andrew, did he happen to look familiar to you at all either? He did. He played X-Ray in Holes. I don't know if you remember Holes. With Shia LaBeouf. Remember Holes. Holes. X-Ray's the one with the glasses. He's, he's kind of like the... Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Whenever... So I didn't necessarily recognize him at first, but I was like... I didn't recognize him at all, but... Okay. But I was like, I feel like I feel like this kid has been in other stuff. And I, like, know I knew I knew his face, but I didn't recognize where, where he's from. Right. And then, of course, he's probably like... Because, yeah, exactly. He's, he's, he's like super up. young and then, yeah, in, in holes... And he's also wearing glasses and... Exactly. But, yeah, those are... those are, And then, of course, other people in here that are, are well-known. You have the Commander Plank character played mm-hmm. by Stuart Pankin. And he's been in a number of things. Like, you, you can go through his filmography and be like, oh, I've seen him that, seen him that. I know him most from Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. Oh, okay, yes. Okay. I know him most from that, but he's been in, like, Big Bully. He's been in Congo, a number of things. 
And then I've seen Aunt Judy, the Aunt Judy character, who's played by Holly Fulger. I've seen her in a number of things, but like you, once again, it's one of those things where you just go down her IMDb and like, yep, oh, okay. I know her, I know her, I know her, I know her. And then same thing with Parker Wyndham, Frederick Coffin, which whenever you see him pop up in Xenon, you're like, he's totally the bad guy. Like, if oh, okay. he, even if... So he, his filmography is all about bad guys and stuff? Not necessarily, because it's just like the look that he has in Xenon, but it's like whenever he pops up, you look at him and you're like, even if this movie wouldn't have had a bad guy in general, let's say it was just the space station acting up by itself, you just look at him and you're like, he's, he's got guy. something weird going on here. Th- this guy right here, he he's, he's up to something shady. Uh, and then, like I said, it's just it's the same thing with a number of these people. That are, obviously, Raven's Ravens, mom, yeah, Raven. She's the she's TV in everything. show Raven. She's what now in the what is it with all the. the what the maybe, sequel series that she no. has? What? I was thinking about the news thing, but maybe not. Is the she... news thing? Oh, you talking about like uh, the 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 talk or yeah. something like that? Is she in the talk? She she's in. I think she was in one of those shows. Okay. I don't think she's in it anymore. But yeah, but she's she's well, I guess because she was doing the sequel of Raven Raven's Home. Oh right? yeah, yeah, Raven's that's Home. true. That's true. Oh, she was on the View. That I think that's what it was. It was yeah, I think it was, was the View. Okay, yeah. And then, of course, there's Kristen Storms, who has been in a number of things as well. Most, But I know her most from being in Xenon and all the other Disney stuff that she's in. So, Kyle, do you have anything else that you want to talk about with Xenon? No, I think that's about it for me. I think we, I got everything off my plate. Okay, so for you... What do you think about Xenon? Does it does it hold up to nostalgia? Does it does it not hold up? Could it be better? CGI anything? What do you think? Actually, for the most part, for the CGI, it was actually pretty good. For the boat and the spaceship, that's the main CGI, as well as the spacewalk that Xenon took was, mm, was okay. But the best part, the best CGI parts were definitely the boat and the uh, the spaceship. Uh. I think it definitely holds up nostalgic-wise. I think it could be better with the script. Like you said, it does mm-hmm. have a little bit of scripting and whatnot that could be better. Mm-hmm. But that's that's what I have for the most part. I can agree with you. I Nostalgia-wise, it definitely holds up. Uh, after this, I'll probably be going and like putting on my iTunes or my Spotify and just be going zoom, 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 make my heart go boom, boom, my supernova girl. God, such a great song. Protozoa. I like, I want to go dance with him on stage. (laughs) So fun. Uh, (laughs) He reminded me of a Backstreet type thing, you know? He does. He does have a Backstreet Boys in sync kind of vibe to him. And it's so funny because like they're, they're essentially like a pop group. But they're all about rock and roll. <laughs> I don't understand that. <laughs> rock and roll and pop are two different things. Right. And, <laughs> it's so funny. And uh, and I I will say, if nothing else, I think Prozo might have stole the show for me. Because I really like, I don't know what it is, but I like his voice. I love his voice. And I love his costume too. Yeah. And whenever it comes to CGI though, for the most part, it is good. It, it Once again, it kind of feels like the Flash on TV. Whenever they're doing their CGI, it has that same kind of like unfinished effects, but good enough to like for TV kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The only time I had a problem with CGI is whenever 
the spaceship was landing to bring Xenon to Earth. I actually thought that was actually pretty good. The the only reason I had a problem with it is because of like the legs where they it just I don't know it, it looked weird. It didn't look like mm. it was one hundred percent finalized. But other than that, I enjoyed it. So, guys, those were our thoughts on Xenon, Girls 21st Century. Tell us what you think. Did you like the movie? Were you angry at any of the, the parents for not believing Xenon at any point like I was? Because that kind of hurts me a little bit. <laughs> Let us know your thoughts. You can find me on all social media at Tether92. Kyle, you can find somewhere in real life because he doesn't like social media. I dislike social media a lot. But I will say, see you next time. Or I guess not really see you, but talk to you next time. Yes. And you can also follow our personal, like our shows. Nostalgia. Nostalgia Decoms Today on both Instagram and Facebook. And next week, we will be talking about, what did I say? Horses? 13th. Or the 13th year, that's what it is. Next week, we're going to be talking about the 13th year. Because all these kids are 13 and they're old enough to take care of themselves, so we're gonna watch the movie. But I think this is the Xenon is definitely more in the right with this because of the futuristic thing. Only slightly. Only slightly. Yes, only slightly. Because everybody else takes place in the past, right? Because this is they take place when they came out. Technically. Technically. So we're finally gonna see the 13th year and see if the, the main character in that is worthy of being I'm 13 and I can take care of myself or not. So join us next time for that and thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time.